What is up, dude? Hey, what's going on, man? How's everything? Good, man. I kind of like this uh, this new uh, studio here. This is nice. <laughs> Sitting in a Jeep. Sitting in the Jeep, looking like we're at a stakeout. <laughs> we got the dash cam up. Yeah. Uh, people are giving us some awesome looks here. We need to pull a few of these people in and ask them a few questions. <laughs> Especially that lady. <laughs> Where do you think she's going? I have no idea. Definitely Chick-fil-A. Man, so how was, uh, how's your day today? It was good, man. Yeah, it's uh, crazy working from home. Just a total change. Total life change. Like, I can't complain. And it's funny when I talk to people now, like just dads at the bus stop or whoever happens to be there, it's like they all, as soon as I say that, Everybody just wants that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like when you get the sense that everybody wants to be me. Like, how can I complain? It's the <laughs> envy know? of the envy of the neighborhood. You know, even right? if something's going bad in my day, it's like, well, hey, if people want to work from home and they can't, then what can I complain about? Dude, I, I, so. I mean, I'm envious, right? I mean, I've had that uh, that privilege in the past, and it's it's awesome, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think just the the family aspect of it, being able to see your kids off to school, see them get home from school, yeah. You know, you're just there. Have you, um, in this most current role, you've been traveling a little bit less, right? Yeah, no, yeah, a lot less. That's nice. A lot less. Man, you were all over the place for a while. I was, but I'm, uh, you know, at least keeping it in Virginia for the most part. I, mean, I still go over to Maryland sometimes, but, you know, luckily D.C. is, you know, once a quarter maybe. Yeah. And then outside of that, I haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah, um, you don't have to travel out of the area. No, I've, I've got to go, you know, I probably spoke too soon. I do have to go to Dallas in uh, a few weeks here. Nice. But just a quick, you know, two, three-day trip just to show face and yeah. you know, get to know everybody. But other than that. Have you been to Dallas? Ever. I have. Yeah. I love Dallas, man. Yeah, I like it. It's a weird It's a weird vibe, though, in terms of, you know, I think the first time I went there, we actually went out to dinner, and it was like 8.30. And the restaurant was empty. It was like a Wednesday night, like empty. And then all of a sudden, from 9 o'clock on, you couldn't buy a table. Packed. It's so Absolutely crazy. packed. Yeah. So weird, though, man, yeah. right? Because around here, everything's closed at 9 o'clock. Dude, that blew our minds. We moved up here from San Antonio, and, like, San Antonio is just, like, party all the time. Everything's open late. You go to Taco Cabana, get your tacos at, like, 11 p.m. I mean, you're driving around the city, and every restaurant's mm. open. So we we move up here, and obviously we're thinking about getting dinner, and we start driving around, and we just couldn't even believe the fact that everything was closed. It's it's it crazy. Was such a culture shock. It's crazy. Even the uh, you know the nights we go out, I mean we go out to dinner, just the two of us once a uh, once every six months or so. But yeah. you know we'll go you know a little further east, we'll go to like Leesburg or something. We drive back, we get home at ten o'clock. We're like, oh, let's go get a drink. Nope, everything's closed. <laughs> like, like, like what a lame yeah. town. Yeah. I guess that's the price Crazy. you pay. What? Yeah. Uh, speaking of going out, man, um, did you guys uh, did you do anything for Valentine's Day? Not really. We, my wife flew down to San Antonio on Valentine's Day, like the middle of the day, because her dad was having a surprise birthday party. Oh, that's awesome. So we just kind of did like, you know, more. It's like the kids now. Valentine's right. Day is about the kids. Yep. So my wife brought them valentines. I kind of gave them some flowers in the morning. Um, so no, we didn't do too much. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> How about we, you? We, we didn't either, man. We, uh, you know, we were coming out of that, you know, that flu. Everybody, uh, knock on wood, came out strong. Yeah. You know, picked up steaks from Costco because they're a heck of a lot cheaper than going out to dinner. And uh, I mean, I'm so freaking cheap that I refuse to buy cards. 
right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally, I went to uh, I went to Walgreens to pick up some candy for the you know the kids, and I uh, picked up a little candy for my wife, and then I turned around and I saw the the card aisle. Now this is on Valentine's Day, so yeah, you know, I'm not much of a planner, but the card aisle there must have been thirty guys just like rummaging through like crap. Yeah, and I ended up going to the craft aisle and I bought a thing of construction paper. Yeah, ninety pieces of paper. It was like three ninety nine or four ninety nine, and I actually went to pay. And as I'm standing in line, there's a guy behind me, looking. I could tell he was looking at my construction paper, like almost you know wonder, like what is he doing with that, all this candy. And I went to check out, and uh, you know I said, oh yeah, the construction paper. I'm making a card for my wife. <laughs> and you know a couple of people chuckled, but I saw the guy behind me. He goes, hey, how much is that construction paper? <laughs> And I said four ninety nine. I said, "How much is that card?" He goes six ninety nine. And I said, "Well, I can make ninety cards." <laughs> he put the card back. I don't know if he got the construction paper, but yeah, I at least sold him out yeah. of that. Now I could see that even being more meaningful, right? That you I, that you made something. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's what you did when you were five. Yeah. Now I'm forty two. I'm doing the same yeah. thing. My six year old was, you know, in school now. Every kid has to bring in a Valentine for everybody in the class, basically at that awesome. at that age. So he had he did a really good job. He wrote all his Valentines to all his classmates, and then he had a few extras. And he came over, he goes, "I got an extra. I'm gonna write one to me." <laughs> Love it. Classic baby of the family, right? The <laughs> world revolves around him. So he wrote something like, "Mac, you're the man," or something. <laughs> Signed, Mac. It's like, that's awesome. <laughs> He's got to hold on to that uh, one. Yeah, that was good. So, uh, yeah, Valentine's Day to me, I think, is a, I mean, obviously, it's a commercial holiday, right? Hallmark holiday. But, uh, yeah, it's it's fun, right? Like like you said, for the kids. Yeah. How about, uh, how about President's Day? President's Day was, my wife was still in Texas. The kids had off. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that awkward day of, like, do I work or... I basically took a half day because people in my company, some of them were working, some of them were taking off. So I did a few things, but I didn't really work the whole day. Hmm. Just kind of chilled, you know. What do you think about uh, dressing up for President's Day? I don't really know about that. Is that a thing? <laughs> I, mean, I made it a thing this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, on, on Friday, before I left the office, you know, I told I told everybody, I said, all right, you know, remember President's Day is on, you know, on Monday. And I said, uh, make sure everybody wears a powdered wig. And everybody got a good laugh, like, oh. <laughs> and apparently they thought I was kidding because I walked in with a powdered wig. Uh, and they made fun of it. But I liked it. <laughs> and I told them, I said, you know, guys, this is too bad that no one else decided to wear a powdered wig because I would have sent you home. <laughs> instead, we worked a full day. Uh, and I actually have yeah. the, so the powdered wig, I actually officiated my brother's wedding uh, last year. And uh, I told him that as long as I get to pick the outfit, I'm all in. Yeah. So I picked up a uh, sweet George Washington, you know, with the ponytail and everything no wig, way. and a like a black judge's robe. And uh, where was this wedding? It was at my parents' house in their backyard. Okay. And I scared the hell out of them <laughs> because as they walked up, that's what I was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I of course changed, but for the yeah. pictures, I kept it on. Right. That's Just great. so everybody thought we were going to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah, just little yeah, shits and giggles out yeah. there. So if you had a president that you would celebrate, like who is your president? I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a good question, right? I think it's hard to go wrong with Washington, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy, I mean, Jesus, he, he fought against 
the Brits. Yeah. <laughs> Who has the you know the balls to do that? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like no one does that, right? Yeah. But I think you know with with Washington, I mean, just the the fact that he was able to kind of foresee like what issues we'd be dealing with 200 years later. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're still talking about the Constitution. We're still talking about all the things that he fought. Yeah. Like crazy. You know, to develop, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think even like the, you know, just the spy network, right? I mean, yeah. Washington created that whole thing, right? Yeah. I mean, and it was on both sides, but dude, he was he was so ahead of his time. Oh yeah, the dude was brilliant. I mean, when I think of George Washington, it's funny because I just kind of thought of like the Air Force sort of um, key values or whatever they call them. When I was in, it was like integrity first, yep. service before self, excellence in all we do, and like. The fact that his service for self is what I was thinking of with him because everybody wanted him to be king. Yep. And with his ego, if he had had a lot of ego and pride, he would have said, yeah, I'll be king. But he actually put the country before himself and said, no, like yep. I'll be the first president, but like I'm not going to go down that path because like, he was seeing the, you know, for the betterment of society. So that's yeah, so huge. Imagine running on that platform now. <laughs> no, no one yeah. does it, right? But I mean, I think, you know, and I know we, we've talked about Congress in the past, but I look at that. I mean, you think back... You know, back to Congress, you know, back then when you were an elected official, I mean, you know, guys like John Adams, you know, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, I mean, dude, they would be at home because most of them were farmers, right, mm-hmm. growing their crops. They would leave to go convene, you know, at the Continental Congress, whatever it was in Philly. They'd meet. They'd say, all right, for the next three, four weeks, this is what we've got to get through. Yeah. And if we didn't get through it, guess what? We're staying longer, which meant that the crops are going to die. Yeah. Kids are going to die. You're not going to be able to physically live. Yeah. And none of them got paid to do it either. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think gets lost nowadays. People run for office so they can make $175,000 or whatever they're getting paid now. Yeah. It's crazy. And you literally don't have to do anything. Like, think about it. You had to get stuff done yep. if you wanted to go back to it was your- life or death. Yeah, to your farm. Yeah. Life or death there. And then, you know, even, uh, I don't know if you see it in the, the local, you know, HOAs. Are you guys part of an HOA? Dude, don't even get me started on HOAs. Well, so I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm the those. problem child in my HOA. Well, so when we, we, we lived, uh, we were in Herndon before we moved out here. And we were in a neighborhood, and it was an older neighborhood. You know, built, the houses were built in like the 70s, right? So yeah. they were all like wood panel sidings, just ugly, hideous houses. And uh, one of the neighbors, you know, a couple, couple blocks over, was he tried to redo his siding. Right, and it got denied, mm-hmm. so he just did it anyways. Now it made the house oh, look boy. ten times better, <laughs> but he actually got a letter from the HOA saying that not only was he going to be fined, he had to remove the new siding and put the old siding back up. <laughs> and the siding was—I mean, honestly, it, it was repulsive, just repulsive. <laughs> Horrible. But color. these old freaking dingbats—they were so like, well, I think the exact words were like, "It doesn't—it doesn't keep with the flow of the the neighborhood." And that's, yeah, because it was built in, you know, 1972 when everybody was tripping on acid or something. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what the hell they were thinking when they built it because it looks, I mean, the neighborhood looked just like crap, right? Yeah. So I told my wife, I said, all right, you know what? That's it. I said, the next meeting, you know, I'm going to find out when the elections are. I'm running for HOA. So, you know, I found out and, you know, she kind of laughed. But I put this thing together like, you know, grew up here, did this, changed that, changed this. I ended up throwing my name in the hat and I think there was 10 people that showed up to vote Yeah, and I want a seat on the HOA so the first thing I did in we had my first official meeting was the next month the first thing you know that I wanted to bring it's like motion to order or something 
I said, I like the vote that we disband the HOA. <laughs> I love it. And it got shot down. <laughs> but what happened was the next year we had elections and I convinced two more guys from the neighborhood to join. Right. So now all of a sudden we had a majority three to two. Yeah. Of young guys that were like, all right, we're sick of these freaking old people telling us what we can and can't do. Like, yeah. so I tried to bring the vote again, but it turned out there was some, it was crazy, man. There's some bylaw that said it had to be a unanimous vote, like five for five yeah. in order to get the thing torn down. And then we moved. So yeah, yeah. I gave it up, but we were on the, we were on the farm most recently and you know, I had no HOA and I loved it. We moved into this new neighborhood and there's an HOA Apparently, you have to pay HOA dues every month. <laughs> news, news to me. <laughs> like, feels so irresponsible. But I get this, I get this letter in the mail, and it's addressed to the previous owners. First off, so they yeah. don't even have my name right. But it's it it five months of HOA dues. First letter I've gotten. First anything. First bill. First anything with late fees. Twenty five dollar late fees. You know, three or four of them on there. But you were actually living there. Living there. Okay. But I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me. So yeah. I ended up paying what we owed, but I didn't pay the late fees. So yeah, may go to court. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my HOA drives me absolutely insane. There was stuff in with my house that was there, like, obviously before I moved in, that then they started dinging me on. There's a tiny little uh, ding on my um, garage door, just a... The, Nobody would care. Nobody would notice. They kept saying, oh, dude, you need to fix this. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like replacing my garage door for a tiny little dent. I mean, these people have lost their minds. Ugh. And, <laughs> yeah, the fact that we have to pay these quarterly fees, which it's are so ridiculous stupid. amounts. And all I can tell that they do is the back alleyways, when it snows, they'll have some truck come through and push the snow away. Right? That, and there's a tiny little patch of grass out front. That they, quote-unquote, will take care maintain. of, right? They maintain this <laughs> tiny little strip. So when you when you do the math, think of all the houses in my neighborhood and those fees. Oh, where's the money going? Yeah. I honestly have no idea. They've never put in a pool. They haven't done anything. There's no, like, play area. There's nothing. They're not providing anything. It's it's like the unions, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's the, the intention is great. I, I get it, right? HOA, hey, we're, we're going to run an HOA. We're going to make sure that, you know, your houses don't turn into freaking, you know, dump sites. Like, awesome. Love it. Yeah. But come on. I mean, that's common sense, right? Like, call the police. I mean, what do you do in the town, right? If you're if you're not in an HOA, you call the police and you report something. Why do we have to go through an HOA, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, and they're all, they're all wannabes. We had a, uh, a woman that was actually on the town council that was in our neighborhood and ran the HOA in the past. And uh, she had bit, she was so crooked and did so many like just criminal things when she was on the town council. Yeah. That she actually got chased out of town. They actually moved to a whole other town. If that doesn't show corruption, I don't know what the hell does, right? Like it's, it's, it's crazy, man. But, yeah. but again, it's control and ego. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, we always talk about it's ego, yeah. ego, 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 ego. Speaking of ego, <laughs> gotta, what, what do you think about just in general job titles? Just in general. I mean, there's just a lot of ridiculousness about it, I think. In the sense that, like, two people can be in the exact same position doing the exact same thing, and you can make up whatever you want your job title to be. Yeah. Like, in my consulting firm, um, you know, you can be, let's say, a senior consultant in the strategy practice. 
Now, what could you, what could your title be? You could be strategist, senior consultant, consultant. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy who was senior strategist. That's awesome, <laughs> right? Love because it. hey, they're both there. So on you know, LinkedIn, why not? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I uh, I can remember I had a meeting with a, a previous company, and uh, it was a it was a big meeting. I mean, it was a meeting with a huge customer, and the guy he probably oversaw ten thousand people, right? I mean, the guy was a baller. Yeah, and he's still one of the the, the sharpest guys I know. But we walked into this meeting, and my my owner was supposed to go with me, and he ended up canceling a couple days before. I said no problem, and I got it by myself. It's my contact. Don't worry about it. Um, but it was a control thing. So he's like, no, 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 no. I want, uh, you know, I want, I want, I'm not going to mention her name, but I want her to go. So, all right, well, it was his wife. And uh, she was the senior vice president. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that's going to mean something in a minute. <laughs> we walk into this meeting, and she's definitely not dressed like anybody has dressed in the last 20 years. Yeah. And we're walking into this big, 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 big meeting. And uh, we sit down, and, you know, I said, hey, John, you know, X, good to meet you. And she goes, you know, gives her name, stands up and says, senior vice president of operations, you know, blah, blah, blah. And looked at him like he was a nobody, and she was the boss. She's running the show. Yeah. And then she basically, for the next, I'd say 20 minutes, talked about herself. Yeah. And all that she's done, which is funny because our company that she was the senior vice president of was four of us. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, if that makes you feel good, you know, no problem, whatever. But it was so bad because she has never done anything sales related, mm-hmm. BD related, recruiting related, never done anything in the IC, no security clearance, like not nothing. Like literally checks off no boxes other than I am the senior vice president, i.e. the wife of the owner. <laughs> That's all yeah. it was. But yeah. after the meeting, I, I think I said maybe 10 words. The other guy said maybe 15 words. And walked, I said, hey, thank you. We walked out. We walked to the car, and she said, I think that went really good. And I said, yeah, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Got in my car, and I immediately called <laughs> the guy that we met with, and I apologized. Yeah. I said, I am so sorry for that. And he his words to me were, what the F was that? And I said, no, man, I'm sorry. He goes, no, 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 no. What the F is that? He goes, if she ever calls me again, if she ever tries to go to a meeting with me again, I will never work with you, ever again. Yeah. Because he was so offended by one, her asserting her dominance, like she knew what the hell she was talking about, but she had no idea what she was talking about because yeah. everything she threw out there, the acronyms, agency acronyms, customers, pro, all wrong. Like none of them lined up. It was like, what are you talking about? You you sound like an idiot right now. And as a result, you made me look like an idiot, and he felt like an idiot after the yeah. whole thing. Dude, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is trying to talk about things that you don't know. Why do people do that? They do it all you the time. You try to sound man. smart about something you don't have a clue about. They do it all the so time. You're so much better off just sitting there in silence. Especially when you get in these like meetings where everybody's sitting around the table and somebody just speaks up for no reason just to hear themselves talk about something that they don't know anything about. Oh man, that's But that's that's, that, that, that's human nature, right? Yeah. And 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 maybe it's maybe it's the job title's fault, right? Yeah. Maybe right because I mean again, you know, for me, I'm a vice president 
of operations. What the hell does that mean? I'm not an operations guy. I am not a back office guy, right? I'm a, I have to be in front of you. I have to be talking, doing something. But me, in my little team, right, where I, I mean, oversee, you know, nine people now because we could yeah. use some people, but nine people, versus another vice president that maybe has 20,000 people under him or her. Yeah. Who are you going to trust more? Yeah. The guy who's, who's managing nine people or the guy who's managing 10,000 people? Yeah. And, and that's why I think it's such a, I mean, a really good hiring practice is to throw out the resume. Like, if you nope. came and sat in front of me and you were interviewing for a position, the first thing I would do is say, hey, I see you're a senior vice president of operations. Like, throw the resume on the floor and say, hey, like, tell me your track record of impact. Yeah. Tell me your track record of success. Because that's all that matters is the story. It's all that matters, man. You know? It's, it's, uh, it's funny you say that because I actually just talked to a, a person today, and, uh, and I love the guy. Right? I hated his resume, but I was like, ah, I'll talk to the guy. And, uh, you know, first thing I said to him was, I was like, hey, listen, I said, how are you dealing with confrontation, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you the kind of guy that your boss comes down on you, starts telling you that, you know, you screwed this up, you screwed that up, you screwed this up, how are you going to react? What are you going to do? And his answer was awesome. Like, it was, like, completely unscripted, but he's like, well, I, I take accountability. I'm like, all right, you got me. Yeah. Got me. All right, why? And he's like, well, because if I try to fight or argue or push back... All I'm going to do is piss you off more. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're brilliant, man. Like, you're, <laughs> you know, like, what, when can you talk? When can you come in? But I think it's 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 so imperative to do that because most people can't do that. Yeah. Right? They, uh, I, I had a, a sales guy that mentored me when I first got in the business, and he had this thing where his, his training session was basically, he's like, look, I'm going to teach you one thing. And I said, okay, what's that? He goes, it's STFU. And I said, STFU. He goes, just remember that. Okay, thanks for nothing. And then a couple of days later, he goes, you remember what I taught you? And I said, yeah, but what the hell is it? He goes, shut the fuck up. He goes, when you're talking to people, shut the fuck up and listen. Ask a question and listen. Just shut up and let them talk. Yeah. Because as humans, and, and I'm guilty of this too, we spend so much time putting words in people's mouths. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's hey, you're having a great day, right? Well, no, I'm actually having a shitty day. Or... I know your problem. I know this. I know that. You don't know, right? Yeah. Like, or money's the most important thing to you, right? No. Well, commute's the most important thing, or, or family time's the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. Dude, I think one of the things that I really just, you know, with all the personal development stuff that I started to hear and started to implement that's probably made the biggest difference in my life is the fact that you need to start listening. Stop speaking. Start listening. <laughs> Because as soon as I started doing that and, you know, going to the, like the active listening as a consultant, if you're sitting at the table and you're just listening, like actually listening, not thinking about what's the next thing I'm going to say, you're, you walk away from meetings. Like I've, I've walked away from meetings recently where it's like, everybody just thought it was the greatest thing. The thing I said at the end was the greatest thing. And that was the path forward because the whole meeting, all I did was sit there, take notes, try to figure out what, why people were saying what they were saying. And then at the end, I said, just, okay, so from what I heard, here's what I think the path forward is. A, B, C, you need to do this. This is, a, the, you know, the role for you. And just kind of mapped it out. Everybody just kind of sat there like, yeah, let's do that. So so why <laughs> why do you think people have, <clears throat> I mean, what, what you just summarized there, it's, it's, it's so simple. Yeah. Right? Why do people struggle so much with it's ego, simplifying? Man. 
Hmm. Because most people think that if you're sitting there silently, that people are thinking that they must not know anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I think mean, that's why people want to talk is because they want to make sure everybody knows that they know what they're talking about. So could or it be that they are smarter, they have an interesting story to tell. Could it be back to I mean, you know, think back to being a kid, you know, teachers asking questions. There's no such thing as, you know, a stupid question. And and they're right, but mm-hmm. they're actually wrong at the same time, right? Because I, I, I do I do see that. I mean, I remember being in school and you, know, you always had those kids that always raised their hand. Oh, teacher this, yeah. oh teacher and it was almost like yeah, we all know that. Yeah. You know, like like you're not you're not adding value. All you're doing is talking just to be heard. Yeah. And that's it. Oh, there's definitely stupid questions. Oh my god, there's so many stupid questions, dude. Like <laughs> yeah. so many stupid. But but the problem is that some people ask such dumb questions that other people who have good questions are afraid to follow that one up. Because they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, that was a really dumb question. Man, what if my question's that dumb? And yeah. you start to psych yourself out. But I just Yeah. And if you can rephrase whatever the senior person in the room is saying if you can then turn that around and say, well, what I think I'm hearing is X, Y, Z, that person's going to have so much respect for you because they now know that you were actually listening hmm. versus everyone else in the room that was thinking about the next thing they wanted to say. Which is a hard skill, man. Yeah. Right? That's, that, that, it is a hard It I definitely takes <laughs> discipline, which, you know. It's tough, to, um, no, it's tough to sit there and listen to, you know, your boss, your superior, whatever, and especially if they are saying something that maybe is not accurate. Mm-hmm. How do you push back on that and say, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. have you thought of it this way or have you turned it around that way? Or like I like to uh, I like to poke holes in things, right? I like yeah. to, I mean, I don't know, if you ask my wife, I, I like to just argue with people. <laughs> and, and I do and I yeah. don't, but I think yeah. it's, it's not because I'm trying to, you know, be rude or disrespectful or disagree with you. I'm just trying to, like, have you, have you thought about all the possible consequences, right? So yeah. if you roll out this strategy, right, like one of my, my good buddies um, was at a very large company years ago. He was a CFO, and he got, you know, kind of tapped on the shoulder to be the acting CIO. And one of the things that they, they did, they had a big meeting, and they decided internally within the, you know, the friggin' Knights of the Round Table that they were going to lay off. 20% of their employees. Now, this company had, you know, 140,000 employees. So, after this meeting, you know, they had a secondary meeting and said, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to send an email out to everybody in the company, you know, next Thursday, letting them know that 20% of you are going to lose your jobs. Yeah. And my buddy was like, that's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard of. Like, what the hell are you thinking? How about we identify the 20% that we want to cut? And we tell them, and then we tell the other 80%, hey, guys, you're good. Like, love to have you. So glad to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He got shot down. So he went in the next day, and he's, he's kind of like my hero. Yeah. He goes in the next day, and he said he sat down at the table, and he said, have you guys made a final decision? They said, we did. This is the path we're going with. He goes, and then, you know what? Fuck you, I quit. And he walked out. <laughs> quit, quit on the spot. Yeah. But, but, but all because of... Stupidity. Yeah. Right? Stupidity, simple-minded stuff, because what had happened was they ended up going with that plan. They told everybody, 20% of you, and they lost a lot of really good people mm-hmm. because the good people were the ones going, what if I'm part of the 20%? Oh, I'm out of here. I better start looking. And they were yeah. actually stuck with some of the people that they didn't want, but they had to keep them now because the better people all left. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's common sense. Yeah. Right? It is common sense, man. Yeah. Dude, I got a story about, like, when egos collide. 
<laughs> so, so I'm just finishing basic training, and then I went through my technical school. This is in the Air Force. And the first place that I get stationed is in San Antonio. One of my first days on the job. And I, this has been a very, like, buttoned up. Like, everything's, like, marching. You know, your seniors are, like, gods. You know, and then you, I get into my first day, a couple of days on the job. And our team chief was a guy named Major Mack. Okay. <laughs> Flew F-15s, like, legit. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Top Gun type dude. Cool dude. He knew he was cool. He, you know, the standards with the hair cutter, like, short on size. He just had this just long, slick back hair. He was getting ready to retire, so he didn't care anymore, right? And he was retiring as a major, which isn't, like, super, like, high up. You know, he, he probably could have done more with his career, but he still thought of himself as sort of like this, you know, this badass uh, fighter pilot. So we get this new colonel that's coming in, lieutenant colonel. So just one rank above him. But this guy's kind of a nerdy dude. And, you know, he's known in, like, the cyber world. He's like a cyber geek, but he outranks Major Mac. So he walks in one day. We're all sitting around. Major Mac's got his boots up on the table. And uh, the guy says, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Lieutenant Colonel so-and-so. Nice to meet you. And Major Mac kind of looks away from his computer, just kind of looks over, barely gives him the time of day, just a glance, says, hey, what's up? And this colonel's like, uh, excuse me, Major? He's like, oh, hey. And just kept, kept seated. Because what you're supposed to do is, like, stand up and sure. try to shake his hand. He goes, let me say this again. I'm Lieutenant Colonel so-and-so. Please stand up and introduce yourself. And Major Mac goes, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you one more time, Major. I'm Lieutenant Colonel. So, so, you know, and he's and Major Mac's just like, oh, no, yeah, cool, bye. <laughs> Dude was just furious. And we're all sitting around like, oh, I can't. <laughs> it was the best. We're like, oh, Major Mac, you're the man, you know. But it was just it was so funny. Isn't that how like every every fight ever has started? Yeah, <laughs> you, you disrespected me. What? Yeah, how could you? Holy crap! Did, did now did he? I mean, was there any disciplinary action on that? No. no, I mean, I think it probably got around to this guy. Like, hey, that's just Major Mac. Yeah. He's getting ready to retire. He's he thinks he's, you know. Yeah, leave him alone. Yeah, let, him, just, let him just sail off. He's just you know. He had an audience. He was just trying to play to his audience. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, this guy, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. And how, and how long yeah. ago was this? Oh, that was, like, 20 years ago. So you're still telling the story. So, yeah, right? I mean, it's Major like, Max, yeah. like, a legend. But, oh, that was just one of many things. Like, he was just classic. If he ever hears this, Major Mac, you were the man. Yeah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's Much awesome. Much respect. We'll get him on here once. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. What, yeah. um, you a big baseball guy? I am in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not like a regular season baseball guy, but as soon as it hits the playoffs and it means something, I get into it. Yeah, I'm, uh, you? I'm a diehard man. Diehard Yankees. I was last week, the 13th, pitchers and catchers reported. I mean, I'm I'm all in, and I think it's going to be a big year. But Yeah. You know, Are you one of those guys that will watch just a regular season game, like oh, I will watch, first inning through the ninth? I will watch a whole game. I mean, I say I'll watch a whole game. I don't really have the luxury of watching whole games anymore, yeah. but – if I had the time, I watch every single game. Yeah. Um, I put it on every night. Yeah. But because I do the uh, MLB, you know, dot TV, it's like eighty bucks, ninety bucks cheaper than you know doing it through like Directv or Comcast, and you can pick your announcers. You can watch it on your phone. It's freaking money. You can do the radio broadcast. Yeah. Which is awesome, uh, but it also records every single game, so it's all stored in the cloud for ninety bucks cheaper. Why yeah. wouldn't you do that, right? 
Have um, you been following the story with the Astros? That's yep. I like, sure. What, have, what are your man. impressions on that? Well, I mean, look, when it comes to the art of st- sign stealing, it's been going on since the beginning of the game. I yeah. mean, th- th- that's everybody's how it trying is. to do it, right? Everybody's you either doing get it. caught or you. Everybody's doing <laughs> it, and and it's. I mean, we did it as kids, right? I mean, as kids, I mean, I was a catcher, so I knew that anytime there was a runner on second base, they were stealing our signs. I knew it, so yeah. I, you know, we change it up all the time. Um, and that, and and that's that's fine, right? But I think the problem right now is with technology. I think it's cheating, right? When you're yeah. using cameras and freaking trash cans and all this crap that they're doing, and you know, uh, Jose Altive has a freaking buzzer on his elbow. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't dude. Know that. Yeah. So it's like, well, he denies it, of course, but yeah. he hits the the walk off home run against El Robles Chapman in Game Seven in the playoffs. And before he does any interviews. He goes back to the locker room to change his shirt. Huh. Have you ever seen a professional athlete of any sport yeah. walk off the field? You just won game seven. Game seven of a, with a walk-off home run. And you go back to your locker room to change your shirt to yeah. then come back out? Come on. That doesn't yeah. happen, right? Because he had to take his freaking buzzer off yeah. his arm. Who was the, how did they find that out? Like, was well, it a video or did somebody just... No, like, so so there's a there's a bunch of guys talking about it, right, that yeah. have kind of come out and said stuff. But if you look at the video of him swinging, you can see him constantly adjusting his arm. Really? And and then even after when he, he came home, you know, I mean, you had a freaking walk-off home run. I mean, dude, everybody's going to surround home plate. Yeah. So... Everybody goes to, like, grab him and tackle him, and he's, like, pulling his arm away the whole time, like, blocking his arm so nobody could touch his arm. That's it was crazy. the weirdest thing, dude. It's it, crazy. It, it, it's one just, of those things that, looking back, so obvious, but nobody would have ever thought anything because of who's gonna, Because yeah. who's going to go that far, yeah. right? But but then you got to think, right? I mean, like, for me, if the Astros, I mean, they're claiming that they've been doing this for the last three years, and you look at the ripple effect, the players, are un- the players union, because of the deal that they have, no player can be punished for it. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Right? It's like, you cheated, you cheated. I mean, yeah. come on, man. Like, it's yeah. it, it, it's it's almost like the new version of the steroid issue in the late oh, 90s. Oh, totally. I totally see. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. it's the same same concept. You're, you're cheating. Yeah. Right? Like, if you look at the steroid epidemic during, you know, the 90s, steroids were illegal in the United States, but they weren't illegal in Major League Baseball. Yeah. And that was always the justification. Well, they're not illegal. They're illegal. Like, you can't <laughs> use them in this country. So why are you allowed to use them on a baseball field? Yeah. Right? I mean, so it kind of it kind of gets me. But then, again, flipping it upside down and looking at it from an angle of, is that maybe just technology now? Yeah. Right? If the technology's there, I mean, they're talking about using robots for frigging umpires. They did it in a couple of minor league games last year. So. Yeah. You're gonna I use actually robots. kind of like that idea. Well, I kind of, I mean, not I, robots, but some sort of technology. I don't know. You can see it. I mean, the the, the problem is, I, I think that what they're they're after is they're after, and it's like instant replay. They want to get everything perfect. Yeah. Right. And and I think the the issue I have with it is, <clears throat> no climate and no situation in life is perfect. Right, so what what are you what are you teaching people? Yeah. Right, you're basically saying, all right, we're gonna make it 100. percent You know, there there can be no error at all. Yeah. With judgment calls, uh, I guess that's good if it works out in your favor. Yeah. 
But at the same time, like, it just goes to show, man, like, people make mistakes. But not, not anymore because we got robots <laughs> running everything, yeah, right? Yeah, like, so, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. I, I get it. Um, yeah, the instant yeah, replay thing. baseball will ever go to that. But I, I don't either, but I don't know, man. Like, yeah. it's... Dude, my thing with the whole story that you just told is why the elbow vibrator? Of all places. Not your foot. It's, not your... Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it, it's a good... Around your chest or something. It's a good like, question. I mean, it's just... That's odd. I look at it as, you know, that year, the Yankees, in my opinion, got robbed. But the Dodgers also got robbed. But I think the, Do- the, the Dodgers would have lost to the Yankees in the World Series. But that's yeah. just my opinion, right? But I think that the bigger thing to me is Aaron Judge lost the MVP race. He came in second to Jose Altuve. Yeah. And Aaron Judge, he didn't care, right? I mean, he's not about just himself, right? Which that's why I love the guy. But he's just, he's a beast. He's a freaking monster. But he is probably one of the best human beings to ever walk the earth. Like, he's just a freaking, dude, he's humble as hell. He still has that, like, kid mentality and and i even think back to i think it was 2017 maybe in 2016 um during the all-star break they did the home run derby and all the players you know they have little ball boys that are running back and forth like bringing them gatorade whatever and it was almost like they and this is every player every single player was not they weren't being rude to the kids but they were forgetting the fact that these kids were probably like holy crap like this is the coolest thing on earth and they weren't even acknowledged it was like hey kid give me give me gator okay take the gator and then they hand it back to them yeah. no like no dialogue yeah, yeah. no nothing but if you if you look at that i mean google it whatever aaron judge the kid that was bringing him gatorade he was having like so much fun with the kid like hey man how you doing like you yeah. could see full conversations like high-fiving them like hey thank you like yeah. engaging with the kid because i think he himself thinks like, like, man, yeah, like, I don't know, like, it's, it's like we talk about empathy, like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. Those kids, I guarantee you, like lasting lifetime, yeah. guarantee Aaron Judge will be that kid's hero when that kid is like 60 years old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you make an impact. Well, yeah. And that's just, it just says a lot about somebody when the way they interact with someone that's below them, like in the social structure, just like if you're walking through Harris Teeter and the the guy's stocking the shelves. If you're just as friendly to that guy as you would be to the senior vice president yep. of operations in the position that you want. And so that's why I would say, like, Aaron Judge, like, let's say you're an athlete and down the road he wants to do something in Hollywood or he wants to do a rap album. Like, because of the way he is with the kid is the reason he's going to succeed in whatever he does. Yeah, the, you know? The Rock, Kinda man. Like the life lesson. The, yeah. the Rock, that's that's him, right? Yeah. I mean. I mean, granted, he got his break, you know, in WWF because of, you know, his dad and his grandfather were both professional wrestlers, but when he played football at University of Miami, not many people knew that, right? Yeah. I mean, he gets into wrestling, and I think he was only using it as a platform to get to where he is now. I mean, he's a high, he was the highest paid movie star this year. Dude, yeah. Like that's my, and and he's, a, he's a monster, too. That guy is freaking humongous, right? Yeah. But I think it, he, he always does the right thing. He's always volunteering. He's always helping. He's always donating. Yeah. And dude, like I think, you know, as as parents, right? I mean as dads, it's like draw more attention to those guys, the guys that are doing good, right? People that are good, positive role models, not mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not the 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 OBJs, right? Or yeah. yeah, I mean, look look at Johnny yeah. Manziel, right? Everybody, oh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What happened? Antonio Brown. Yeah. Do you like? A-B. Oh God. Yeah. 
But you see these guys, and you're like, you know, I don't want my kids to be like that. Yeah. I want my kids to follow these good guys, because there's yeah. a lot of good people out there. Yeah, man. Anyway, it's time to wind things down. That's right, man. But uh, good conversation. Thanks. Thanks for meeting up. Um, if you guys want to ping us with any questions, any sort of topics you'd like us to cover, hit our Instagram at share the mic. Um, yeah. Hit us subscribe on the podcast, if you don't mind. Yeah, com- comments. You know, good comments, bad comments. You know, all, all appreciated. You know, we want to make sure that we're uh, we're giving you guys what you want to hear. Yeah, I mean, the podcast is for you, so just here to help. That's right. In any way possible. All right, bud. All right, peace out.